Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Hockey World. Today is Wednesday, September 27th, 2017. I'm Michael Agello of HockeyBuzz.com, and I am pleased to be joined once again for another season by the former assistant general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who will also be appearing periodically on TSN 1050 radio in Toronto this year, uh, Mr. Bill Waters. Good morning, Bill. Uh, good morning, Michael. Thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure, Bill, and uh, you know you always bring a very interesting take on the Maple Leafs, and this is a team that I think surprised many last year by making the playoffs with a lot of rookies, sometimes seven, sometimes eight rookies in the lineup, and gave the Washington Capitals a pretty good scare in the first round of the playoffs. There was a lot of things expected in terms of upgrades and changes during the offseason. The three key additions were the signing of Patrick Marlowe to a three-year contract, adding a veteran defenseman Ron Hainsey for two years, and the addition of Dominic Moore. Uh, what did you think of the additions that Lou Lamorello and the Leafs made uh, over the summer? Well, I, I thought they were very useful additions. They were well thought out. There were areas where they felt they could make themselves better, and I think they have. Uh, as I've always said, and I say this in all due respect to the organization, the guy who makes the decisions on the top 25 players on the roster is Mike Babcock. And he had Patrick Marlowe with the Olympic team twice. He knows what he can do at world level. He knows what a gifted skater he is, how much great speed he's got, and he can put the biscuit in the basket, as Rexy Steimers used to say. <laughs> now, that is what the Leafs could use to play along with Matthews. Well, to confound the issue, Babcock's not playing them with Matthews, but he will. There will come a day when Matthews will play uh, with Patrick Marlowe, and that's why he got him. The second edition, I think, was a very useful and worthwhile uh, adjunct to a team that needed some stability on defense. Uh, they pay, play, paired uh, Hainsey with uh, Morgan Riley, and good for them. I hope that that brings out more offense in Riley and more confidence. I think it might. But the fact that Hainsey played the whole playoff with Pittsburgh as their most uh, useful defenseman and uh, consumed the most minutes tells you a lot about what this guy can do when it's time to play. And uh, I, I've, I've always been impressed with Ron Hainsey. Uh, I, I've always wondered why he never got with a playoff team. And uh, like last year's playoffs was, were his first in, I think, 19 years. That's, that's preposterous. He will be a very, very useful addition, injury notwithstanding, and we can't even worry about that. Uh, Dominic Moore, I've always liked Dominic Moore. I liked him when he was in Toronto before. I like him when he's in the proper position. I like him when my third center gets hurt and he can move up to the, from the fourth to the third hole. Now they're telling us that uh, other people are going to take his job. That's not true. Mike Babcock got him for a reason. And he'll play a lot of hockey. It's just uh, Mike's way of uh, telling the media that he'll make the decisions and don't you worry about telling me where I should have whom and who I should have 
whom with. It's a very simple way of running a team as efficiently and as well as Babcock does. He knows what he's talking about, and he will show people in the end why those three additions were made. I'm quite comfortable with that, Mike, in the sense that this team is better if no other way other than the three additions. Marlowe will probably begin the season playing with Nazem Kadri and Leo Komarov, who moves over to the right side. As you said, Hainsey is paired with Morgan Riley playing the right side. I, I talked to him before uh, the beginning of training camp, and he says he's comfortable playing left defense, right defense, so there is some flexibility there. Sure. Uh, Dom, and, and that's where I mean, the defense has been my area that I've been really critical regarding uh, the Leafs and you know their – I think inability to get a top four defenseman this summer was, was the one thing that I thought that they they missed out on. They apparently tried to get Travis Hamonick from the Islanders. Uh, there were some rumors about Chris Tanev. They, in the end, they they bring in Hainsey on a two year deal. Bill, I, I, I I'm not disputing that I think he's a solid veteran and he was pressed into a into a larger role at Pittsburgh last year, but in Carolina. And in Pittsburgh, up until the time that Latang got hurt, he was basically a four-five-six defenseman, and they're really expecting him right now, at least at the beginning of the season, to pair up with Morgan Riley and free him up to be more offensive defenseman. Well, you, you know, your, your reasoning is uh, re- reflects an objectivity that can't be argued with. What you, the only way you can counterbalance that, Mike, is to find out from the Penguins who played the most ice time in the playoffs, t- top to bottom. Injuries or no injuries. And those who were injured when they came back were playing behind Hainsey. Hainsey is Hainsey. He was a first-round pick by the Montreal Canadiens out of college, an American player who played very well, in my estimation, in Carolina. And uh, each time he had been with the Hurricanes, his second visit, he was a very solid group uh, defenseman. And I can can very easily argue him into the 4-5 spot, 5-6 spot, easily. But if he's going to play with uh, number two with Riley, well, Riley's misplaced. He's not a number one defenseman. So the Leafs are playing with two, three, two, three, five, six. That's that's what they're playing with, and they have to make additions. I I say to myself, I say self, they got to be moving a forward along with a younger defenseman to get what you're looking for, Mike. I don't know who it's going to be, but it'll be a top four defenseman so that they can have a one and then two two threes and a five six and once that's done it might be a fatal error i'm not exactly all for it i like uh, van Riemsdyk a lot i like what he brings to the game i'm aware that this is his last year but i still think he complements those young skilled players more than they realize and won't recognize until he's gone so that's a problem if they think they can get bozak and a young defenseman, and get that's another problem. Here's a guy that is good at the face-offs, top three lines, uh, a reasonable scorer. He can do all the things you have to do as a 2-3 centerman. They, they, they shouldn't tinker with that, but if they're obsessed like you are with getting a number one defenseman, they're forcing the issue, and they're going to be a buyer, a buyer with a big red nose. You've got to make that deal, a big deal like that, when the other guy comes to you and says, i got to move salary, this guy's got a five-year deal, we overpaid him a little, we'll take up a million or two of the salary, here's what we want. That's what, you can't be knocking on the door and saying, uh, hi, 
Mr. Rutherford, do you have a defenseman that we could get? Uh, where we, that, that's not how the Leafs should make this deal. And I'm not suggesting that they are making it that way. But if you rush into it, you're not going to give what you want. That's the first thing. And the second thing is you're going to pay too much. Now, where the Leafs went this summer is similar to what they did last summer. They, I think, hit a grand slam home run by getting the key to Zaitsev out of the KHL, and they, they re-signed him to a seven-year extension at a pretty reasonable amount, even though you know some people had problem with the term since he's 25 years old. But he had a very good year as a rookie, and you know he's not a real rookie. He's in his mid-20s, so you know there was some experience there. But they went that direction again. They signed uh, a former KHLer in Miro Altman, who's battling more for the fourth-line center position. Uh, they bring in a couple defensemen uh, in uh, Callie Rosen and Andreas Borgman. And you know, you and I are both learning about these guys right now. We're seeing them for the first time. But what have your observations been on? Uh, Altonen, Rosen, or Borgman? Well, Altonen is a guy who's obviously very skilled. But guess what? He's not a fourth-line center. So he's going to take the place of Bozak if he's traded for the big... That Like, I look at these guys as replacement players. I don't look at them as taking the fourth center spot from Dominic Moore. Dominic Moore was placed there by the coach. He's going to be played there. Now, Altman has proven that he can play in the NHL in the exhibition season. Let's just leave it at that. But he's a skilled player and good for them. Callie Rosen has come along quite nicely. He's a very good skater. He moves the puck well. He sees the game well. He seems to me to be at least a five guy, at least a five guy. So they can put him into the top six. And I... I don't know what more they're going to need other than, Michael, if the obsession of getting a top two defenseman uh, puts them in a spot where they have to make a deal, then uh, Altman will come into the lineup to replace uh, Bozak, if in fact it's Bozak. Uh, but I, I, I like both Bozak and Van Riemsdyk, and I, I think they can be useful as the season goes on with those young players, the ability to get them the puck and the smartness they have on the ice. On the other hand, I also recognize what you're telling me, that they've got to get a better defenseman than Morgan Riley as their number one guy. And that's in all due respect to Morgan. It's, it's never been a, it's never been a uh, indictable offense to be a number two defenseman in the National Hockey League. Looking at the situation, I mean, I think Rosen, as you said, is a 5-6. Is a I have heard that he had some durability problems in the Swedish league. He had some concussion problems, so that's something you know, that the Leafs may have to be wary of and be on the lookout for. But Borgman, in the couple games that I've seen him, he's a much more physical player. He likes to hit. Uh, maybe his offensive game isn't fully developed yet, and maybe that'll come with the with the Marlies. But I've heard comparisons from you know ex players like Jamie McLennan and Ray Ferraro that he reminds them of Darius Kasparaitis and you know what if I liked the type of player that Darius Kasparaitis was I mean if that if if he could be that that's a defenseman that I'd like to see on the Leafs in a year or or less so would I so would I Mike that's that's why Leo Komarov is such and and Nazem Kadri are so important to the Leafs they bring a personality uh with a lot of grit in it uh they're not necessarily tough but they don't run and hide. 
And Borgman, I haven't seen enough of him, although I saw part of one exhibition game with him. And, yes, he is much more physical. If he is the next Darius Kasparitis, then problem solved. Now, one player that has um, you know, been the sort of center of controversy for no, no reason other than he's you know, a, the type of player that uh, some of the newer fans of the game or some of the analytics crowd don't have a lot of respect for is Matt Martin. And I think Matt Martin, you know, he's a limited player in terms of being an offensive guy. But this team, if you look at the composition of it, there's not a lot of snarl other than Komarov and Kadri. There's not a lot of physicality other than, you know, Roman Polak if he comes back. To me, that makes it essential that Matt Martin is in the lineup. Uh, What do you think? It does, me too. He's the most valuable player on the team uh, from the standpoint of maintaining a character, maintaining a confidence, maintaining uh, an ability to play at the skill level that these young guys can play at. If Martin's not on the ice once every four lines, you will see a different group of skilled players. They will be pestered. They will be cheap-shotted. They will be speared in the back of the legs. They'll do anything to slow them down and take away the effectiveness that is so abundant. I, Martin, this past season... Uh, he didn't score too many, uh, but he was always there when he was needed. He's, a, he's the kind of guy that steps up when called upon, and he's an ideal player to play the fourth line left wing. He could play third line left wing as far as I'm concerned. He can play first line left wing as far as I'm concerned. He's that important to his team from a present standpoint only. Yeah, and he played with Sezikis and Clutterbuck with the Islanders, and that was I mean, at times, other than the line that Tavares was on, that was their most effective line because they just made made it miserable for the the line that they were playing against. And and I think with Connor Brown at least starting the season on the, on the fourth line, that that line may get more offensive opportunities. So you know, his I think he had five goals last year. That, I, he probably will get more than that. He could. Yeah, make, I think could, I was going to say five. I'm pretty sure you're right, Mike. The fact that Connor Brown is playing on the fourth line is one of the great travesties of usefulness. Connor Brown, believe it or not, has a max VO2 of 75. It's out of sight. He should be playing at least 22 minutes a game, going 90 miles an hour. (laughs) I do not, I, I, I think he is the manipulated one until they make the trade. Connor Brown has got to be a regular on that team. Otherwise, it is a waste of uh, athleticism that they have never seen in Toronto. They got close at 63 with Doug Gilmore. Max VO2, 63. How did you do that, Dougie? I can remember talking to him about it. He ran hills all summer. 75, you inherit that. This kid is a special athlete, and I think Mike Babcock knows it. The fact that he's not playing in the top three lines, as I say, that is a travesty of usefulness. I don't think it'll last too long that he'll be on the fourth line. I mean, it's all part and parcel, Mike, of, of, of your, uh, not obsession, but your uh, observation that they need a big defenseman and they're going to have to make a deal and one of their big forwards is gone. In the, in the meantime, until they do make that move, there's talk of them doing what they did last year, switching him and Komarov at times, moving Komarov down to the fourth line at home and Brown at the fourth line, uh, the Brown up to the line with uh, Marlowe and, and Kadri at home. And th- that would, that would help. But yeah, he's, 
I mean, he's a very he's a very good offensive player. I, I, it's a, it's ironic. He broke his foot. It was either broke his foot or his ankle a couple years ago with the Marlies, and he had a chance for three months to build his upper body strength and and put on about ten pounds of of, of muscle. And that and he was 150 pounds in junior, and now he's 180, 185 pounds. He's he's a physical specimen, and he I think. You know, they got him on a three-year contract at a little over two million dollars, which I thought was uh, was a coup for for yeah. the Leafs. One of the, one of the concerns about this team is everything went right last year. No injuries, you know, no off-ice controversies, nothing. Everything went well, and they made the playoffs by one or two points. Um, it's not logical to assume that every player is going to stay healthy. You know, you're going every every team has injuries, and it'll be interesting to see how how this team copes with it. But the one thing is the sophomore slump, and that you know it, it wouldn't be called that if it didn't continue to happen in various sports. And this team had seven, eight rookies last year. I mean, do you think that that should be and is a concern for the coaching staff? Babcock will not allow it. As you know, Mike, I lean to the ridiculousness when I consider Mike Babcock as a coach. He's a very bright, articulate, hard-working coach. He's a professional coach. And he knows what pitfalls are in his way, and you, you hit one right on the, the nail right on the head. He will not let them do that. He coaches them to avoid unexpected calamities, he builds the calamity into his prep, and at the end of the day, if there's a calamity, if a guy's having a sophomore slump, he'll be enjoying all the games from the press box. There'll be no excuses. You either play or you don't play. I, 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 have, I have every bit of confidence that Babcock will not allow that to happen, although, Mike, history tells you that it might. It's not going to happen in Toronto with Babcock. Well, I can just say this from his comments, you know, they won 5-1 over Montreal on Monday, and in his post-game remarks, it was like they had lost because he he said that Montreal had, would, was harder working, you know, and that the team was relying too much on their skill. I mean, so you can see him pressing the buttons right now. You know, he was very complimentary yeah. about a team that was dead last in the league and about how they were trying, and now he's got some talent, so I think he's going to be he's going to do what he does, which is push buttons and motivate and. I think that's, you know, I mean, he's got a lot to work with. You looked at his Detroit teams. Not a lot of injuries, Mike. They don't play the game that way. They angle people out. They don't run head-on-head concussions, shoulder separations. They play the game with some intelligence. And the game in, in Toronto at the NHL level is now coached with intelligence. Not that it wasn't before, but this guy is to the extreme. Last thing, um, Lou Lamorello enters the final year of his three-year contract. Um, there's some question about whether uh, this will be the last year that he is the general manager of the team. Uh, when asked, Brendan Shanahan said he wouldn't talk about that. That was an internal thing. He was asked, uh, Lamorello was asked that at the opening of training camp, and he deflected. Um, but he is 74. Four, I think going on 75, and, you know, there's some... He'll be 75 before the end of the year, Mike. Yeah, and, I mean, 
I think you know I think he has done a pretty good job, but you do have two you know potential GMs in waiting in Mark Hunter and Kyle Dubas, and it's a question of how long that you know these candidates will wait around or whether they're comfortable in the in the current scenario. I mean, what do you feel about Lamorello? Do you think that he is going to stick around longer than this next season? Well, I mean, I I, I think you, your evaluation could be very easily accepted as 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 rule. He's he's going to be around. He may be around, but they have to decide whether they want Mark Hunter, who's the architect of this young team, or whether they want Lou Lamorello or Kyle Dubas. The answer is so obvious that you don't embarrass yourself by asking the question. You look back in history and find out what happened. A year ago, Mark Hunter went to the general, the president of the team, and he said, listen, I know you've got Lou Lamorello as your general manager, and you're talking about these young guys that are going to become the next general manager. I want the title of assistant general manager, and I want the assurance that I will be the leading candidate for the general manager's job. Now, I'm, I don't know this was said, but this is my feeling. That's the state we're in now. The next general manager is not in waiting. He's sitting there waiting to take the job. He's more than capable. His Memorial Cup experience in major junior hockey is unmatched. I had him work with me, for me, however you want to put it, 10, 12 years ago now. I got a long time, even more than that. Oh, it's 15 years ago. He's a hockey man through and through. He works so hard at the game, it's embarrassing. And he'd be a wonderful general manager. He's got a great personality. That doesn't mean that Lou doesn't. All I'm telling you is there comes a time when you better take the young guy with the potential and let the other guy become a consultant. Well, Bill, thank you very much. We'll be touching base probably once a month uh, throughout the season. Sure. I'll look forward to it, Mike. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.